Hey, ladies and gentlemen of Nexus, this is Doc here. I know the last few podcasts have sounded a little odd, and we've been working towards fixing that. Unfortunately, this week seemed to have the shit hit the fan in a huge way. Murphy's Law decided to have a visit. But uh, you will hear some weird delays and whatnot. Please take it in stride. It's still the same old strange tale from outer space you always love. While I still have you here, before we get on with the show, I'd like to remind you that... I'm going to be doing an extra live stream on October 25th, 2014. I will put the link in the show notes as always, and I'd love it if you guys would show some love. Again, give some money to kids in hospitals that could really, really use it. These these guys, um, the simple act of playing and enjoying and talking about games, they can be helped in ways that no one else can help them. And who knows, maybe it might like uh, auction off some art or like uh, do a raffle or something. I might even have a Wildstar prize or two in there for you guys. But... Without further ado, welcome to Strange Tales from Outer Space. That was much more maniacal than the previous <laughs> ones. I don't know how I feel about that. And actually, my maniacal one was way better because I had awesome audio processing. I don't and you need didn't. awesome audio processing <laughs> to sound menacing and awesome. I sound it. You need you need awesome brain processing so that you don't sound like it's a true. dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> this is the crew from Strange Tales from Outer Space, and every week we like to take you past the week that was and the week that might be in Wildstar. And this is the first time I've had a uh, webcam for casting, and it's it's weird seeing my face pop up when I'm talking. I think it's weird that that you and Indigo both have webcams, and I don't. So I'm just like the shadow mystery figure that you can't <laughs> see, but I'm like watching well, this the is, two of you. Well, this is like the E behind the music thing with, with Strange Tales is that normally when we talk into our <laughs> podcast, we only do audio. Well, yeah. well, here's the best part about it is that earlier, Doc was literally just standing there looking at himself. And I'm like, dude, you're just going to distract yourself by looking <sighs> at yourself. I was playing around with a little microphone on my headset, and I was like, ooh, it goes up and down. Up. Oh, my God, I'm getting distracted again. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I thought you were fixing your makeup. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Krug, how was your week? My week was pretty cool. I like how you asked me how my week was and my how my week was related to Indigo's. How so, was Indigo, how was, was your week? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, it was pretty good. I'm actually currently uh, recording from oh, New shit. York. I'm... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did, a, did a murder mystery weekend, so did not win, but we still got the right answer. Uh, so it doesn't I matter. I thought murder mystery stuff were like a thing of the past, like, like an archaic thing they put on TV yeah. occasionally for laughs and giggles. Nope. Apparently they happen all the time. Huh. I, don't, I don't know. But also something that cool that happened this week is Doc actually found a group of people that are willing to go through dungeons and just, you know, hey, if we die, we die. Whatever happens, happens. But we kind of want to just get through this either to get gear or to learn the bosses. And uh, so Doc's like, hey. They need a tank. Do you want to help out? I was like, yeah, man, absolutely. I'd love that kind of mentality in a group. And Doc gets us in there, and we pull the first boss. And as we're pulling the first boss, Doc goes, oh, crap, I didn't realize what time it is. Yeah, I got to go. <laughs> okay, leaves. so pretense behind that. The two, three hours <laughs> before that, I was in this group. And then when I, the reason I invited Indigo was that the, the original tank left. And he, he was like, fuck it, guys, I'm out. I'm like, okay, well, let's get a tank going. And uh, Indigo was like, yeah, sure, I'll join up. So we started, and me being a genius I was, had made plans that night and was not paying attention to the clock. So as we're starting up, like, our third or fourth pull, I look at the clock, and I'm like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, 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 I, I, 
I, I value my relationship with my girlfriend more than the video game. Uh, bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's see, that's your first to mistake. have a girlfriend. Uh, to, get, to give a shit? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, one of my MMOs, do not give any shits. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't really believe that. I am not that kind of person. And I, I really hope neither of you are. I can actually, you guys probably aren't since you're both in successful relationships. And I'm actually not. So Successful is subjective. <laughs> So that's a thing. Uh, I should uh, stop talking about something that I apparently don't understand <laughs> well, how was at all. your week then? Uh, my week was pretty good. I um, am slightly angry because I didn't know that you guys had found this awesome dungeon group that's just like so socially gray and willing to like compromise and work on stuff. Uh, no, nobody ever told me. So when I read the show notes for the first time and read Indigo's little blurb about how his week was, I was like, oh, hey, thanks for, thanks for talking to me. So what the fuck, guys? Where was my invite? You weren't logged on the Boom. entire night. Boom. I wonder why that was. Huh, let me think. Oh, maybe it's because Indigo and his girlfriend took a week vacation and went to New York, leaving me with all of their work. The three of us oh, work oh, in the oh, same oh. building. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. This was like Monday or Tuesday. Oh. So no. No, 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 no. Well, shut up. Shit, I think God. <laughs> Also, the fun part is, is I yeah. can flip off Krug. I can, I can flip off Krug, and he can he can see it, and no one else in the podcast can. <laughs> Are you you're you're adorable that you think I have that window open right now. I I I, I do not, sir. Uh, really, though, my work has been really stressful. I'm sorry, my week has been really stressful with work uh, because Indigo and and his girlfriend, who both work with me, uh, went out to take a week vacation, which is fully deserved. I'm not I'm not really giving them any shit about that. Uh, but I've been uh, quite stressed and not really coming on very much. And the times that I do come on, I kind of just like do dailies and try to try to get that stuff done so that I can have those resources. And then I've downloaded uh, a couple of casual games. Not downloaded, but like they were on my Steam but not on my hard drive. So I, I installed them and I've been playing some casual games, things that require less um, communication with people. Because I find that after a stressful day at work, I don't really want to communicate with yeah. people anymore. I just kind of want to... Sit by myself, relax, not hear words. I, I totally get that. It's there are sometimes I'm sitting yeah. there in that three four hour commute. I get home, I'm like, this is uh, I'm I'm good. Yeah, I like after after like a stressful day and everybody's on edge and like yelling and stuff, and it's just like, all right, if anyone says anything mean, I'm just gonna explode. And uh, an, an MMO is not the right place to go to not hear. No, true. Mean. <laughs> so. So I, I've been uh, I've been avoiding a little bit. I did get some stuff done, uh, just some you know nice. kind of stuff. Not nothing terribly exciting. Yeah, nice it's good times. Doc, My how week, was your week? Um, I, well, I played some Destiny and I thought about it and I played a little more of it. And my assumption is this, and uh, I could be wrong on it, but it's my opinion. I honestly think Destiny is a super bare bones MMO with grand plans. Um, I also realized that if I'm gonna do PvP, yeah. I'm much like an MMO style PvP like WildStar or World of Warcraft than a Destiny or Call of Duty PvP setting because I don't like dying from off the screen 30, 40 yards away from a sniper. I don't mind getting sieged out by like spell slingers and, and espers, but I have time to react and fight back when that in that case I don't like mm, boom you're dead, mm, boom you're dead, mm, boom you're dead. I'm like whatever. Yeah, so that's my thought on Destiny and everyone's kinda of talking about it and everyone there's the backlash now because the reviews are up and blah blah blah. But it's I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Doc's show notes 
blurb about his week says the very first line, I don't want to talk about but Destiny anymore. Yep. But if I and do, and then he lists out a bunch so, of stuff oh, about yes. Destiny. I'm a talker. I like hilarious. to talk. And uh, I got back into playing League of <laughs> Legends. I was actually at gold four. I'm because I wasn't playing for three, four months because of Wildstar. I dropped down to like silver two or something like that or silver three. Uh, then I'm watching the world championship, which is really cool. Everyone, if you like esports, go watch the League of Legends world championship. Even if it's not your game, it's really awesome to see the analysts at work and the plays they make. They're great. I, I'm going to be super fast about this because we have, uh, we all agreed before this is not our place to talk about it, but I just, it, I had two really awesome discussions with my girlfriend and another uh, valued colleague about this quote unquote Gamergate stuff happening. And they were beautiful and they were awesome. They were long, cool discussions. And that's all I'm saying. I just want to touch on that. Um, that's it. Yeah. And, and I'll touch on it too. Uh, we consciously made the choice not to talk about it because we don't think we have anything to contribute yeah. to the conversation really. So uh, if you want to learn about it, you can find information everywhere. The thing I will say is take all of yeah. it with a grain of salt. Just if you're going to believe something, yeah. do, do your research first. Yeah. Do, your, do your research Boom. and don't get pulled into the muddle, muddle, muddy infighting. Try to find the truth and the facts behind it, whatever they be for you, because there, it, right. there's something there. But they were great discussions, and it it could it put some cool stuff. It reaffirmed a lot of stuff for me and uh, what I love about video games and and podcasting and and uh, vodcasting and everything else. And then I, the only dungeon I have left this week to do for my silver, my Bronze Age attunement is um, sword, uh, Sanctuary of the Sword, a sword Maiden. And I almost, I almost had it. Almost had it. I had one group. No one dropped. We all said, fuck it. We're going to get bronze. We're going to go through every single mob and get every single fight. And we did really well. We actually got to the very last boss with like five minutes left. And then we wiped. And then we wiped. And we wiped. And we wiped. And we, we no, why we were wiping. It wasn't a DPS, uh, it wasn't a DPS thing. Uh, we, had, we had wiped on every other boss at least once. We found out the mechanics and all that stuff. We had gone through it. We spent about two and a half hours in that dungeon. And Ugh. we realized that at about 5%, she fucking bugged out. And so we figured, oh, we're going to reset by leaving and we come back. So, no, didn't didn't reset. Um, we can't get back into the boulder. Can't do anything. Two and a half hours, one group. We were so determined. We were this, this close, this, just this close. And it bugged out and we couldn't finish it. <laughs> oh, that's so uh, funny. So that's... I sent my... I'm... I'm... I'm really sorry. Uh, I shouldn't be laughing at your pain. It was, so we funny. were all so no. happy to get that close and then it bugged and we all just, even though you didn't have it on voice chat, you could feel a palpable. You could feel a palpable constipated poo. Exactly. That's what it, 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 like. it might as well have been. I just shit my pants in anger after that just because I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. We blazed through Kelvrath. We finally got Skullcano down, and then Sanctuary of the Sword Maiden just bugged out, and that was my week. See, that's the one That's the one I don't even think I can do yet. Like, unless I have a pre-made group, I don't think I can well, do that in a pug. It's yeah. so hard. It's so I, I, I hard. Found, I found the way of doing it in a pug is, and this is from this pug's perspective, is you have to have a group that is that has no ego in it to the degree that they know we're going to die. They know we're going to die a lot. There's no goal to get gold. There's no goal to get silver. The goal is to get the bronze and learn the mechanics. So when we go back again and again with other people, we're not pulling down the group. And those other right. four guys and girls were spectacular. 
we all have we joked about it we were correcting each other when we made the mistakes like they mentioned like the stuff for me they told me about hey you know when you're doing this try to do this try not to have um this much cc bring yourself a, a cc break instead uh we'll need you for this and we did mm-hmm. that the whole time and it was perfect this is what's supposed to happen like in the beginning again and we none of us were were fairly new to the game we had one medic who was really new and we had we gave him a bunch of help and he took it all in stride and he could, you could actually see his improvement throughout the whole experience which is phenomenal but we can't debug a bug but it it it, it has sure, reaffirmed sure. my faith that the pugs for attunement since the changes overall changes they are doable now at the pug it just it has to be done with patience super patience yeah right so that's my week and uh, we actually have quite a bit of stuff this week a lot of strange tales oh Oh, my god there's a a ton of ptr (laughs) stuff and a lot of cool stuff we didn't cover everything and like always with ptr notes they are always subject to change between now and the actual live update what we're giving you guys is a vague overview and there's actually a lot of numbers changes we're not really a numbers and breakdown podcast so if you really do want the hard numbers of what's changing by what percentages so you can theory craft we will give you the links in the show notes, and you're welcome to look at those. And hell, if you guys want a Strange Tales like short, where I will actually go in depth with the the percentages and whatnot, let us know, and I'll take the time and do something like that. Just remember before you ask him to do that, he's an art yeah. ranger. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so for one, sprint can no longer be used if you're disabled, which actually makes sense. I mean, you you can't run away if you're not running. Well, I think they did that because when you're using sprint, it doesn't regen the sprint meter. So now if you're stunned, I think you'll, even if you're holding shift, your sprint meter will re- refill up. And I don't think that was the case before. 90% yeah. sure that's what that means. And the assault power and support power changes we were talking about before are coming into effect with this PTR notes update. Uh, like I said, go back to our earlier podcast, remember which one it was, and we'll break that a little more for you. But because of that, the Engineer, Stalker, and Warrior weapons are now on par with Medic, Spellslinger, and Esper, which is really nice. Um, For Blindness, their diminishing returns are now working properly in PvP. Before, they were having issues where if you were blinded and then blinded again within a certain amount of time, instead of getting diminishing returns, you get the full effect, which made Warrior CC blinding just brutal. Engineer CC blinding, dude. Holy crap. That was a mess. It was was miserable. I couldn't stand it. So, luckily, that's going to happen in PTR and, and translate into live. And, like I said, a lot of amp changes were happening, but a lot of them are numbers-based. So, check out the PTR notes that we're putting in the link below, and you'll be able to check it out. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of amp revamp stuff. Like, I, I really hope somebody goes through and takes the time and figures out overall what damage got buffed, what damage got nerfed for the entire class, as opposed yeah. to, like, the individual yeah. pieces. Because, like, w- when you change, like, two or three abilities, it's really easy to say, oh, that class got a buff, or that class got a nerf. But when you change every single amp, or close to every single amp that deals with assault power, it's really hard to tell. And that, combined with the assault power, support power changes that we talked about, like, I can't even fathom how someone's gonna figure it out, but yeah. I also know it's the internet. And Someone has more time than I do to figure it out. <laughs> Someone has more brains than I do to figure it out. Yeah, we, we, we all think you listeners are probably much smarter than we are. <laughs> and we thank yeah. you for that. We thank you for taking time to listen to us in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> but yeah, definitely check that out. And there's a lot of other cool stuff going on. So like for the engineers, I'll take over for this. 
Uh, your mortar strike base cooldowns now ten seconds. I don't. I don't think any of us play engineers really, so we don't know. No, I can't do it. I've tried. So I haven't many really times. tried. I tried it once. Why don't you like it? Uh, it's just I, I can't get can't get very far with it because it just feels so clunky and slow and it's real like even the esper is more agile you know and it's just it's so difficult for me because it just feels like i'm going uh increase the bar increase the bar and do damage increase the bar increase the bar do damage like at least with warrior i feel like i'm like running around and doing stuff with an engineer i'm just like nope they're far enough away in follow <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, not originally they kind of felt like a paladin for me in that sense too where i wasn't really interested in playing them i might go back and try again but we digress yeah after after the the stance changes they, they might get a little bit yeah, more playable. At least for our personalities. But Mortar Strike, your base cooldown is now 10 seconds. The global cooldown for it is now 0.5 seconds from 125. So, and these are... Not 125 1. seconds. 125. Yeah. Some little cool there, twerks there going with go. that. And another twerk also <laughs> is it will actually interrupt spells that are currently being cast. So say you're going to cast Electrocute and you're going to hit Mortar Strike, it's actually going to interrupt it. So take that into consideration when you're going to use this, this skill where you can't just mash it in between your other casts. Yeah, I really like this mechanic, and I really wish there was an option to enable it across all of your abilities. Because for medics, with tier 8 discharge, which instead of giving you a third of an actuator per tick, it gives you two-thirds of an actuator per tick, I find myself wanting to cut the ability off halfway through so that I don't go over three actuators so that some of my amps will work. Uh, and the only way I can do that now is by sprinting in one direction or another very briefly so that it cancels the cast and then casting gamma rays or whatever I want to cast next. If I could just discharge for two ticks and then click gamma rays and have it interrupt discharge and cast gamma rays instead, I think that would – I don't know why, but I think that would be a much more fluid feeling combat thing to me. I, I can see that happening. I, 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 I do. It. I actually don't mind that, but then again, I'm also like having the ability to queue up my abilities like as a spell slinger. Letting Wild Barrage take its duration and then going right into something else. but Right. Or maybe like having a cancel button that like well, you cancels can jump. the ability. So instead of sprint, jumping yeah, does it cancel double abilities? Double jump in some cases. Double jumping will always cancel. Sure. Well, and no, I don't no, no, no. I, like jumping, jumping slows you does. down and stuff. I, uh, I'm i going to go into Wildstar right now anyway, and figure it out. But with, <laughs> with the engineers, it'll actually it'll interrupt now. And uh, it'll actually, um, there's a change to the tier 4 bonus when you're dealing damage with target acquisition or energy auger. Um, Mortar Strike is now zero cost, and the cooldown is reduced by two seconds. So it's kind of cool. And speaking of target acquisition, that cooldown is now 10 seconds, and it'll channel for three seconds and attempt to apply a mark every 0.25 seconds. Damage is now based on how many marks you have on the target. For the tier 4 bonus, if your foe's above 50% life, it'll deal additional tech damage based on the consumed marks. So, more damage. It's kind of nice. Also, what I think is the coolest part about these changes for Engineer and PTR, Urgent Withdrawal. Your big gap closer slash gap maker. It'll have charge restores every 15 seconds. In the Tier 4 bonus, you get three charges. Tier 8 bonus, CC immunity for one and a half seconds on use. Jesus Christ, if you want to actually go into Urgent Withdrawal for whatever reason, you're just going to fly. Boom, 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 and you're immune for a second and a half on using it. It's pretty cool. I, I like it. Okay, I take it back. Jumping down stuff. <laughs> boom, <laughs> motherfucker. That's that's true. But I don't see if I'm if I'm like moving and I I don't know. It just doesn't feel. It 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 is slow I don't and clunky. Like it feels. But um, 
It is slow and clunky. But I like the fact that they're actually saying from Order Strike, hey, it's actually going to interrupt your stuff instead of having it queued. Because me, I would have yeah. a tendency to click a lot of stuff at once. Like try and, I like having the ability to queue it up slightly. Um, if I knew I was going to interrupt, uh, I would make more mistakes personally as a player, but then I'd have to get used to it, but whatever. Right, right. <laughs> uh, okay, so Blade Dance. Uh, damage per tick increased, which is good. That ability has always been almost useless for anything except for side points. Uh, and speed increase, I guess. If, if that's you such really a minor speed badly. increase, I don't even notice. It's like a six percent speed increase. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If if you if it's really like if that's really the speed increase that gets you to where you need to go fast enough, then okay, whatever. You're interesting. <laughs> uh, and the cooldown was reduced by ten seconds if you're below four side points when you cast it. Which, since the main reason you use it for side points, you probably are. Uh, and that's also an interesting mechanic. I haven't seen an ability that has its cooldown reduced because of a certain condition. So I really hope we see more of that. Uh, bolster no longer triggers global cooldown, more heals, and more side points. Uh, I don't what, think people really bolster? use Bolster heal is a HOT. Yeah, but nobody uses really? it for heal over time because it's weak. No, everyone uses it for side points because it's a two charge And when ability. it completes the charge, it'll give you side point. Well, yeah, and the two charges cast immediately. So you just immediately get two side points, basically. So it's in all these DPS builds, and it's just there to give you two instant side points and a little bit of healing, little bit of healing. Like, if there's one person on you, the healing isn't going to match their DPS by any means. Like, it's not going to get you out of a scrape. Uh, Crush, now it's five targets from six. Uh, Crush was a really powerful ability. It still sounds powerful. I, I don't see this making a huge it's difference. It's still annoying it's as fuck. It's just a knockdown. I don't understand why it's everyone hates it. because it's a knockdown. So That's why I hate it so much. That really is exactly <laughs> why. <laughs> let me let me tell you this because I've I've run into a lot of people that don't know this, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. You know, you can dash to get out of a knockdown if you're yeah, not rooted. But right? it, what it really does, people don't like it because it interrupts their flow. That's why. It's why it's so good. You can interrupt their flow. That's it's it's a CC. Exactly. That's what they do. Get used to it. <laughs> Get used to it. I don't like it because it makes playing game harder. The enemies <laughs> should have abilities that heal me because I'm bad at the game. Uh, Illusionary Blades is now a stationary ability? Yep. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. That basically switched with Telekinetic Strike, which is interesting. Uh, and damage increased to compensate. Okay, fair enough. Um, and I think this is the beginning of those uh, Siege Tanky-like gameplay styles that we've been talking about for so long. Uh, I expected these changes to come out in a giant wave, uh, and if this is the only change we're going to see for the new Siege tanky-type builds, I'm, I'm kind of underwhelmed. Uh, I, I, I think but their goal is to introduce it slowly to get players used to the ability that you can pick and choose what you want to do with the Esper. Because they literally did just throw it all at once. You're stationary, deal with it. And now they're, they're like, okay, now everything's mobile, but then they went, well, it would be cool to have that breakout, break, break difference in, in gameplay. Sure. I, I just think think of the way they're doing medic field changes. Those are coming out in one drop as far as we know now. And I, I think that's the best way to do it. If they just buffed each field individually, it, it wouldn't make any sense because, okay, now this field is viable, but there's nothing you can build it into. There's no action set. There's no eight ability set that you can use this one ability in because it's the only one of its kind that really makes any sense. Field builds are entirely based around like not spending actuators. And if you have abilities that do spend actuators in your build that isn't supposed to, it kind of makes it a little weaker. And so I think if you're going to introduce a whole new play style into a guild, it needs to be all at once. But 
not a game designer. They probably have their reasons. <laughs> uh, and also, we didn't put all the changes in the notes, so there may be some other well, changes. That hold, hold on. I mean, to me, I just see I don't see a huge uh, difference between that. Like, okay, so first they're turning around. They said, uh, okay, they're they're too static. They're too static, and now they're going okay. So to solve this, all of their abilities they can move around in. And then they probably did that. And then after that, they 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 turned around and said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna that was too much. We're gonna turn around and make them static in it. But we can't make them all static. So which abilities? I I, I don't know. I just I just see that this is more of oops more than it is like long term fixes. I don't think it's oops. I think they they the abilities that were static weren't the right ones in their opinion. So they they said, "Okay, we're gonna take those abilities and make them mobile." And then they went back and said, okay, we, we still want to have a static gameplay style, but we don't want to remove the mobile gameplay style. We want to give it yeah, both they're options. Yeah, they're slowly. Like the same, way, the same way medics have their single target DPS gamma rays focus build, and that was basically the only viable DPS build. Now they're getting a ground targeted AOE damage build. And both of them are supposed to be viable. You're supposed to be able to pit one against the other and have them comparable or one in its situation and the other in its situation and have them both kind of shine in their own way. It's mm-hmm. not about making the class one thing or another. It's about giving it different options. That, yeah, that's just I, how I, I think that is what they're trying okay. to do because they, they, that's the whole point of the, the LAS, the loadout system is you can have more than just one optimal way of playing. So espers who prefer right. to be as mobile as possible can still have that. But espers who now want to try being a siege or a mix and match of both We'll have more options with illusionary, illusionary blades and potentially other options for uh, siege gameplay. Right. They did make uh, one more change to the support power side of things as far as their siege tanky build style is concerned. Uh, so mind over body, which is the healing builder, is now castable while moving, which is awesome. I've yeah, always it always felt like that. it should have been. Right. But, and this is exactly what I hoped they were going to do, the tier 4 change to give 25% more healing if the caster is standing still. So, does that mean that, so what I'm going to take from it, what I read from it as well, was instead of reducing the amount, the base amount, uh, or sorry, instead of of saying, okay, we'll compensate, if you're standing still, you'll actually get the full benefit, you'll actually get less if you're moving. They're simply saying, the full benefit's there if you're moving, but if you're stopping and casting it you'll get an additional benefit to it you'll get more healing out of it the 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 base healing was also reduced but i don't think it is reduced by the same amount that the tier four increases yeah. does that make sense so you're not losing all of the tier four benefit when you when you move but you're still getting more when you move does that if that makes yeah it's sense. not being evened out it's just being reduced a little bit right but when you get that tier four uh healing bonus you'll get more healing out of it yeah. right 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 uh, and lastly, for the Esper, Reap is no longer a finisher. Uh, I don't see many Reap builds running around, but there you go. Uh, Proc-based spells above three side points to damage one enemy. Uh, so it's it's like flame burst then. Right, right, kind of, but it's it's a field on the ground, kind of more like uh, a la the medic. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's now castable while casting, so it's good times. Speaking of medic. We're going to talk about medic notes. The first one is one that I am not terribly happy with, <laughs> that I think I'm not terribly happy with. I haven't seen the change yet. I just downloaded PTR today, something I've been meaning to do for a long time. So I'll, I, I need to take a look at this. But Atomize and DualShock now share a cooldown. But but I like casting them at the same time. Come Bring that back. I liked getting two damaging abilities 
a free actuator and healing with one no, button you press. Are too that, was, <laughs> that was awesome. It wasn't a lot of anything. It's not like super just like massive healing that brings me back to full and just one shots everyone. It's just a little bit of damage, a little bit of healing, and an actuator. It was good. It was a good combo. Uh, I'm going to be upset if this means what I think it means, which is I can't cast both of those abilities at the same time. That's exactly what uh, it means. Which basically means, which basically means I'm taking Dual Shock off my bar because Atomize is awesome. Crisis Wave now prioritizes prioritizes allies with uh, more missing health. We had a conversation about this before the podcast started. I was like, why did they say more missing health instead of just saying allies with the least health? There's actually a very good reason for that. Allies with the least health means the total overall health is smaller. So an Esper that has taken one damage can have less health than a warrior that has taken 7,000 damage. So prioritizing allies with more missing health will allow you to heal the player who needs it most, basically, as opposed to the player with the least health, which could just be a class that's designed to have least, less health. Uh, so that's that's awesome. I'm really happy they, they that thought that changed through. Design. And, Right? And phrased it the <laughs> correct way. Uh, so Crisis Wave now prioritizes allies with, uh, with more missing health. Tier 4 will be castable every 8 seconds for no actuator cost. So that's cool. Before it was every third cast, which I didn't like because Crisis Wave, big emergency burst heal, having it take time to cast uh, was really annoying. This way, if I only need emergency heals every 8 seconds, I can get by with just Crisis Wave. I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, sure they I might... Think that that's I'm pretty sure they might have it where like every eight seconds and then it'll be available for like two or three seconds. I would ha I would have to say because if not, you're just sitting on it and waiting for it for the free cast. That's pretty much what I'd be doing and trying to like off heal until it's back up. Okay. Basically. We'll see what happens. I, I haven't. Uh, it is VTR. So we'll see. Right. And the tier eight now restores a percent of support power health to allies under 30%. So basically it's a tier eight buff to healing to allies under 30%, uh, which is good. Again, more burstiness to people who really need it. It's going to be a good emergency heal after this, I think. Uh, this is a really good one. Emission will now correctly display <laughs> focus cost. Thank you mean, you. You mean it costs something? We've been wondering for so long what it actually costs. Well, under 250 focus, it doesn't if you True. get it up to tier 4. Uh, or tier, yeah, tier 4. Magnetic lockdown increased missile speed to uh, by 100%. It has no more cast time. It ignores global cooldown. It's an interrupt, thank you, which means it removes one interrupt armor. And the cooldown is now 20 seconds from 15. So it got a plus, fifth, uh, plus five second increase to its uh That was cooldown time. a lot. I think this is good. This is really good. Medics have been looking for another uh, interrupt armor somewhere in their build, and this is exactly where they should have put it. This is probably going to go on everyone's bars now, because now medics can feasibly have three oh, so interrupts in, in an encounter. I actually had a random pug today that was uh, one medic DPS, uh, another medic DPS, uh, another medic DPS, and a medic <laughs> healer, and a stock tank. That is the weirdest. Wow. That is Hilarious. the weirdest setup. And so... We all go in, and the first thing anyone says is, lol, and everyone was like, what? And they say, look at the group window, and it's just medic, 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 t uh, stalker. And I was just like, oh, wow, we're going to suck at interrupts. And everyone just goes, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was actually a pretty fun group, and we had crazy DPS. It was, it was Yeah, great. your DPS, is, your uh, DPS has, for medics has been better and better. I'm watching myself as a spell slinger no longer just completely own DPS meters. Now I'm actually having to compete 
which is really fun. I get to really yeah. cha- challenge myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad that I can finally, through correct game mechanics, challenge you to stuff. Yeah, Warriors in the same way, man. Warrior DPS has like shot up greatly lately, and it's key keyword keyword correct. Yeah, correct usage. usage. You're not just right, 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 right. right. Not, not 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 hackers. Not uh, you know. <sighs> Let's I'll vaguely talk about this. I hope this gets what? fixed soon. I'm a hundred. No, I haven't heard. I'll oh. tell you right now. Medic bugs. I'm not going to go into huge detail, but there is a way as a medic to do upwards of 10,000 DPS using one ability. And it's, it's a huge bug and it's a huge problem. Carbine's aware of the bug and Carbine is banning How people have that I exploit heard of this? it. So don't. Don't go running around exploiting it. Uh, let me tell you this funny story. So I talked briefly in previous podcasts about the RBG group that I've been running with. Really good people. We Have I already talked about this? It's yes. A, on the podcast? Oh. About the group? Yeah. I don't think so. Pretty. Oh, no, you were talking about this, had, this. No, it wasn't on the podcast. It was talking about this this bug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but no, I didn't no, talk no, about no. it on the podcast. So I have this quick story. I, I've talked before about this rated battleground group that I've been running around with a bunch of really good players. We were in a Halls of the Bloodsworn match, and we own Halls of the Bloodsworn. We've never lost Halls of the Bloodsworn as, as a group that I can remember. So we're running in, getting, you know, killing stuff. I'm healing. I'm healing mid. I'm just like pew, 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 healing all these people. And suddenly I, I'm looking at health bars across the screen. I can only see uh, ally health bars when I'm healing because it's way easier that way. And I just see them all go boom, half health. And I'm just like, what just happened? How did all of you take that much damage? And we're on vent. And I'm like... Guys, where all this, where's all this damage coming from? And they're like, I don't know. Can you heal us better? I'm like, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing everything in my power to not let you so die. So I was healing and just wipe. We're like, what? No way. There's no way. And so we're looking at DPS meters, and it's this one medic that's just doing ludicrous damage. And we're like, okay, watch that guy. We see him, and he's you can when someone's using this exploit, you can very obviously tell because of the way the particles work, like the way the, the animations for the abilities, you can see that it's not supposed to do that. So we, we look at him, we get his name, and then from then on, every time he appeared on the screen, it was just like, oh, it's that guy. We'd run up to him, just chain CC him and DPS him down, specifically him, ignore everyone else, run back to the objective, work on the objective. When he comes back, everyone runs at him, CCs him, DPS, and then just over and over again. And we won with him exploiting Good. that bug. And we were at the very end typing, how does it feel to lose even though you're cheating? Lol, 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 lol. Well, no, for camp players like that. And it's, that breaks a game, so that's a good lesson he should learn. Fuck him. Or her. <laughs> right? Right? It, but seriously, though, most satisfying match ever beating someone who's hacking. Most satisfying thing. Ugh. Okay, I'm done. Go, go on. <laughs> so for Spellslingers, there's a huge a couple of cool things in the pipe for us. One, charge abilities will no longer interrupt other spell casts. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And wait, 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 wait. Stuff charge like charge abilities? shot or um, true shot, they won't interrupt any of the spell casting. So they'll be queued up. They'll be queued up. So if you're charging in a, or if you're using assassinate, you can charge charge shot at the no, same no, it time. No, it won't interrupt it. So say I was using. Um, Wild Barrage. Oh, so look. Yeah, queue they'll up. queue up. So same thing. Wild Barrage, gotcha. and I want to use Charge Shot. It won't interrupt my Wild Barrage. It'll finish Wild Barrage like sense. it's supposed to currently, and then queue up Charge Shot immediately. Got it. I yeah. understand you. And <laughs> for Arcane Missiles, it'll be castable while moving now, which is kind of cool. It really helps with Spellbinger, Spell Splinger mobility, which is kind of our whole thing. It'll hit five targets now. 
They'll have a total channel time of one and a half seconds, and it'll damage every every half a second. And if you're if the T4 is on, landing a hit will restore five spell power. So it could potentially restore 15 spell power if you cast the whole thing and it all hits. And T8 will give you empower for landing a hit. So yeah, that's all the arcane missiles changes, and there's a few more. Gate is now castable while you're under a tether, so you'll actually go the full distance of your gate, but you will still be pulled back. So don't think just because you're gating, haha, I'm gone, motherfucker. <laughs> no, you're still you're still yanked back. So uh, get ready to fight when you're done with that. Um, what I personally love, and I know it, it, I believe this is part of their whole. Let's give spell singers a little more sustained damage than just insane bursts and fall off immediately is Ignite's Tier 4 and Tier 8 are getting switched. So if you don't know what Ignite's Tier 4 and Tier 8 are, Tier 4 will allow you to... Um, God, it will shorten the Spell Surge cast time, which is always nice. And Tier 8 will allow you to cast the non-surged and surged version of Ignite at the same time, and they'll both apply. So now they're switching. Tier 4 is going to get the apply both non-surge and surge, and Tier 8 is going to get the re reduced cooldown. And on top of that, the dot duration of Ignite is going to last 8 seconds from 6. So... More DPS. As a spell singer, I like it. Um, <laughs> a rapid fire. The tier four landing a hit on tier four is going to reduce true shots cooldown by a second and a half. And tier eight, if you're dashing and using rapid fire, you're going to get a rapid dasher, which that means the next hit of rapid fire is going to deal additional damage and going to restore a dash token. A, a few people, and I believe I don't know if everybody has, but there's been a video going around this week of a spell singer in. Fade, I believe it is, that's testing rapid fire on a dummy. And he dashed, or she dashed, about eight times the entire time. It is insane. Everyone kind of gave rapid fire shit for being the you have to stand still and do damage and then wait till the casting is done and move. You, if you play it right and you're really, really quick on your reflexes as a, as a spell slinger, you're still incredibly fucking hard to hit. It's really cool to watch in action. I believe you guys should. I, I'll, actually, I'll find the link and I'll put it on the show notes for you. And to finish up, mm -hmm. now, now I was gonna say, now as a stalker, uh, I, I hate that, but as a player, oh, that's I'm gonna love cool. to just dash circles around <laughs> you. That's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> and uh, to finish off, spell slinger, spatial shift is no longer gonna apply disorient if your target has interrupt armor. Um, it's basically that little sign if they have interrupt armor on that says disorient, and that didn't really happen. It just won't show up now. So you're not going what the hell. It just means that it, it'll gotcha. broke it'll broke it'll break a CC or interrupt armor, but it won't disorient them. And what's really cool, everyone listening to the podcast right now, we have a special guest with us, and this special guest is well special. He's, he's better than us. Let's just be, be frank and blunt about it. Special, <laughs> far far better, far better than us in most ways, and he has a better sounding voice than us too. That is silky smooth. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of us uh for obviously who don't know we now have freya from enigma with us in our midst yeah, yeah. welcome sir thank you for coming oh. on oh my god i just watched doctor dance oh yeah that oh, webcam god. it's so awesome it's, oh, so i love much. webcams how's it going freya so it's going good how are you guys great pretty so good what were you now, the reason why we kind of uh, interrupted a little bit is because Frey was actually doing his rating because you guys are a, a purely PvE uh, guild or you guys do a little bit of both? Well, people do what they, whatever they want to do, but for the most <laughs> part, we do a buttload of PvE. Nice, so. and you guys are currently doing oh, Datascape, awesome. if I'm not mistaken, right? Tonight? No, tonight was GA. Nice. We're, doing it to, we're working on Datascape, but Oh, you guys are GA. getting more people up to speed? Nice. Uh -huh. I hope to eventually be one of those players. 
N- no, I've seen oh, it. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, Freya, the first thing that we do on the podcast normally is uh, talk about how our week was and stuff like that. So, if you don't mind, why don't you give us kind of a rundown of uh, how your week's been going? Get to know you. My week. Well, this is an interesting week, honestly. So, the start of the week was that big honking Reddit post, which I did not think was going to end up taking off like it did. <laughs> and people yes. say uh, this game is dead and pay no attention. Those two posts went fucking in massive. They went super Nova. Yes, and if yeah. you haven't seen them, we will post links in show notes as usual. Yeah, that was uh, that was a little weird for me because I didn't like, you know, I was hopping on the subreddit and seeing Voodoo quit that day and the like the hyper negative atmosphere rolling around. That was really not something we just wanted to let go on because like not just for the game, but for us in general, like if people have the idea that top end rating is kaput that's just really really bad for us and that whole like that whole thing was followed by a great deal of apps which was really helpful to us because we've been not rating for a lot of this week so yeah it was surprising how out of the blue it came i remember walking through or reading through some of voodoo's old posts and they seem really stoked about their progress you know this is down this is down (sighs) and then at least to me the average reader out of nowhere hey guys we're out peace yeah so i I'd heard about it from their officers beforehand that their raid was having problems with certain things. Like Datascape has some issues right now that need to uh, need change. They're not very bad. Like it's not really a problem for us, but they just you, you hit a point in the instance where certain things just start to look kind of ugly. And uh, I don't know. I guess there's just a huge problem for them, which is weird too because they have a great honk and a huge roster. Now, did they say that just their uh, raiding wing is done, or the players in general done? I don't remember all of uh, the They notes. are. They, they just flat out quit the wow. game. The entire guild basically quit the game. I don't know if there are people, if some of them are still playing, because they're exile and there's, you know, no contact between our factions. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they just flat out stopped. I don't know if they're going to come back on mega servers. Uh, it's tough to say, but, yeah, they just totally, just absolutely dropped off the face of the earth, which was so weird because they had this great big roster. I know they roster. kind of ended it on a little bit so, of an optimistic note, saying that, you know, hopefully if there's enough changes to come back, we'd like to come back. Yeah, they didn't seem like irrational about leaving they said look in our opinion we're not down for the current state but if it improves and we like it we'll come back they, they didn't seem like oh this game is stupid and kind of flaming yeah. it there was the, the huge post about voodoo leaving and y- you decided to come out and talk because there was a lot of negativity but one of the rumors what that was going around was that you guys were also going to leave do you, do you know why that was even an, even you know a part of the conversation okay um so it took it took a really long time before we started losing any people. Like so when we when we first stepped into forty man, we stepped in with a merge thing with some guys from WoW. So it was a guild no life losers and we ran a twenty twenty man uh group with them and they like the second they stepped into data escape they all started flaking out because WAD beta was starting up at the time, so they all started just vanishing, dropping off the face of the earth. It was about of the twenty one people that they attuned every week, seven of them were gone. Wow. Uh, which wow. was a huge pain, yes. But then we, we got back up to our own 45 people, and we had our own roster. Uh, and that roster stayed absolutely rock steady for about three weeks. Literally nobody left. Um, and about a couple weeks ago, some of the people started quitting. And a couple people people got booted, and they were like pretty mad. I don't think that has anything to do with people saying we were quitting. I think people just make crap up. It's like, sure. not like a knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> like, oh my god, Voodoo's going to leave. That means everyone's going to leave, and Enigma's going to leave too. Yeah. 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 Like pretty much most of the public reception I've found for us is just entirely based on what people think <laughs> we would be like. Like they just make crap up and it's 
it's kind of really funny, honestly. Like we have often spread rumors like that that are just totally super hilarious. But <laughs> uh, a little enigma, like yeah. mole in each full form. Yeah, I heard about this thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one in particular is less funny though because we do need to keep getting apps, yeah. and uh, that was one of the big reasons that post was made. And it wasn't necessarily just so that people knew on the outside that we were, you know, not going anywhere, but that people on on the inside of the guild were aware that uh, we're not shy at all to publicly put a reputation on the line, uh, saying that we're not uh, going to be disappearing anytime soon. Nice. So you're talking about uh, that you're looking for apps. What's your application process like? Super, super easy. I have a yeah, chance. I feel like a lot of people think that, <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people think it's a lot more difficult than it is, and it's really not. You have to make a few basic checks, but almost entirely it's just not standing in crap. There's some hoops you have to jump through if you don't have logs, but... I think that also stems from the almost exhaustive checklist that some other games have had, like WoW's had them, or uh, um, like Ultima back in the day, and EverQuest back in the day, and I don't know if Guild Wars 2 had them, but I I can see where people were like really skittish about getting into some of the WoWstar big-name raiding guilds, because they were like, um, what if I'm not just not not good enough for it? It's kind of cool to hear that, other than making sure you're obviously done on the basics, that it's not super hard to roll with Enigma so long as you can bring your own to the table. Yeah, it's um, I don't know, it, it's just, it all just comes down to really simple execution. Like, a lot of the people we pick up are people like, oh my god, I can't believe you were looking for me. Like, we have basically our entire roster sending out mails to people because a lot of people just assume that they wouldn't be able to get in. Um, but it, it's really not that hard. I mean, on any given day, like, there's thousands of people that would make it in the guild just fine. It's just a matter of are they in a position to have the schedule to do it, and are they willing to try right and i think another like source of nervousness is you get so much press like on reddit and stuff like that with all of your world firsts and world seconds and all this stuff. like i i just did like a quick search and found like one two three four five six six world firsts in wildstar is just i think when people see that they're like oh i can't i can't world first stuff but but you can though you just have to have the right group it's it's not about the individual it's about how the individual works with the rest of the team and the commitment to I put think. into it too right those two things yep. and of course a basic level Competency. of just like common sense skill uh speaking of your application i just wanted to get this out of the way and, and see what happens uh what's your favorite this color? all depends it's all hinders oh. now hinges on this now because oh. <laughs> I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I withhold that information, but like being in the Skype call. Oh, uh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad you didn't say, like, I'm glad you didn't answer that incorrectly. Cause, uh, <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's not lemon. <laughs> <laughs> I was really, honestly, I was hoping you were going to answer that incorrectly because I would have thrown you under the bus. <laughs> oh. Oh. Hilarious. All right. What, but what good times. You play. Like, I mean, what's your, what's your, what's your class and, and what, uh, what role do you play? Hey, I'm a stalker tank. Nice. Ah, yeah. So you're going to like some of these possible <laughs> PTR changes. Maybe. Hey? No. <laughs> Good. I like, I like people have dissenting opinions because there's a really cool conversation that comes from that. So, uh, let's, let's hold off on the other Enigma stuff real fast and earn the rating stuff and let's continue on with the PTR notes. So Indigo, take it away. Okay. So I'll, I'll yeah. So first thing is that stealth C, uh, cooldown is now reset on death. So if you were dying and you were on a fifteen second cooldown and you're you're back, you're good. Assault power mi- milestone from brutality has increased to two twenty four point four from twenty. Uh, support power has also increased. 
but uh, clearly my notes are crap because it says um, support power milestone for tech increased to 24.4 from 1, which is not true. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's from 15, 24.4 from 15. Uh, there's also a couple other stealth stuff, invisibility um, um, stuff here and there. Uh, one of the really cool uh, upgrades is Bloodthirst. Uh, there's a ton of just number stuff that's going ar- across the board. Increases. You really, really have to, like, I-, I could sit here and read it to you, but you really have to sit down and, like, take a pen and paper and write down all of the numbers that are happening with Bloodthirst. Uh, but as a stalker tank myself, I, I think the nano field uh, is is a really good uh, change that they've done. So threat, threat generated has been increased by 35% uh, across all tiers. So generating more threat. In addition, we have increased life steal to 40 uh, uh, to 40% up from 25% with the with the field per tick. Also, Collapse, which is the second press, has uh, been reduced to 15% lifesteal at base, down from 20% lifesteal. So that right there, you're losing five less percentage in lifesteal when you are uh, collapsing it. But all in all, I, I think it's a really good upgrade. I think we're going to be you're going to be seeing people with the fields out a little bit longer versus just instantaneously collapsing to, to get that really high boost. Um, uh, but I, I think there's just, I mean, across the board, there's a ton of fixes, a bunch of amp changes that are happening and just not enough time to go through everything. So I, I, I think those are some really hot points to talk about for Stalker. Yeah. Comparatively, Warriors didn't get much noteworthy. I mean, the innate is now eight seconds from 10, which really blows. Just means less time being badass or more badass. And Leap's actually going to generate 250 kinetic energy. The tier four will no longer break tethers, though. And the tier 8 now gives you armor pierce for 6 seconds, which is really so cool. So I kind of want to hop back to Stalker because Freya said uh, a little while ago that he was not excited about them. And I'm kind of curious as to why that is. The big thing about Stalker tank changes is, so the the increase to support power comes at exactly the same time that they're applying a flat out 20% damage reduction on our stances. Oh yeah, and that's, that's happening to all the tanks, So yeah, right? that's happening to all tanks. The problem with Stalker tanks in particular for this is our weapons have 200 to 300 more support power than the other tanks' weapons, and we're all getting the exact same flat 20% damage nerf. Uh, so the way this is applying is engineers and warriors are both picking up this threat, threat dispatch, and we're losing it. Uh, and it, we're not losing it on nano field. So nano field is, in terms of threat for like raids and whatnot, getting buffed out the wazoo. And thank God the life steal on it is finally getting nerfed, so we don't have to deal with the whole stalkers being unkillable gods in PvP and dungeons. Because <laughs> I haven't taken. Oh Jesus! Like I, I am absolutely invincible in dungeons. I have not had a healer heal me in a dungeon for three months. Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, so. Fortunately, that's coming. The problem is, is the way that the stance changes have come into play is that even at my support power level, and I guarantee you I have more support power than everyone like nearby, uh, it's still, I, I'm losing threat. And like in particular, there's a problem for me because after the patch, Stalkers will be the bottom threat tank. And in particular now... And they never were very high, were they? Uh, so engineers have always been the gods of threat. They're uncatchable. Ridiculous. Insane. Uh, 50% more than any other tank and beyond. Stalkers were in the middle when warriors are terrible. Warriors and stalkers are about equal, right? Uh, and that's where it's at. But the problem is, is uh, 
my threat in outrage is reliant actually on a couple of bugs. Uh, one, when you hold down Razor Storm, it just casts it like three or four times. I don't know why. If you play with hold to continue casting on, you'll just see a bunch of Razor Storms down. Um, go out. And there's also another bug where if you pop your consumables after you enter combat, you pick up a bunch of threat. And normally I'd call this pretty exploity, but in the situation we're in right now, it's like totally necessary to hold threat. There are a lot of fights where versus medics that are doing over 10,000 DPS, a stalker tank just isn't holding threat without utilizing this crap. Like it's just it's just not happening. And the problem is is they're not fixed yet on the PTR, but they will be. And when they are, it represents like a pretty big concern for me because if I can't hold threat, uh, I can't tank. So yeah, especially at that high of a level. Right. I mean, I, I it basically. You know, the amount of survivability I would have to drop to put the support power on to guarantee that I could hold threat makes me, like, irrelevant as a tank. Um, so if, like, if threat's not in a good place after the patch, it puts me in a position where I have to DPS, basically, until uh, uh, Stalker Tank has changed. Because it's been a really long time since a pass has happened to Stalker Tank. Yeah, I remember that, especially in, in PvP where tanks, they were, and even, I you tell you about the lifesteal, I remember just going into to PvP matches with stalker tanks, and you just never die. Oh, yeah. It, they just oh, would yeah. sit there in the middle of, like, six people, and literally there's one guy dancing, mm-hmm. just sitting there, like, you can't kill me, and I didn't, I didn't, I totally forgot about the stance reduction, so nanofield might just not be enough right now. So No, nanofield absolutely is. So if you roll nanofield, you're going to get a ton of threats. So the way the support power change comes in is that the skills that scale really well with support power are picking up a damage increase. So like my nanofield goes from final ticking for like 1250 to like 1500 in the patch. And you're absolutely a threat because it's got a threat multi on it too. So nanofield will guaranteed hold threat. So in dungeons, not a problem. Stalkers will not have an issue in dungeons. The problem is, is raids. Because stalker tanks have to run frenzy in raids. It's not an option. The debuff is totally insanely important, and you have to have it. But the way that the change comes in is both Whiplash and Frenzy take like small nerfs, which independently really isn't that much of a problem. Like It's not that much. It's like a 5% threat loss, which just doesn't come into play. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> my, my qualm. It was a really cool way of looking at it, especially because we, we, we have a casual view of the game, and I was really always curious about what happens when you get to that next level and and hearing that 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 these changes yeah. might not be the greatest is, is really cool to hear and hearing the breakdown of it's very intriguing yeah we did it we did a lot of testing on ptr one of the issues that uh i you guys have already worked through all the other classes but uh i just heard you mention that someone was doing dummy testing on the other classes and a lot of people are, are going all uh fire and brimstone about dummy changes for their class like stalkers i know are freaking out uh but there's a lot of things that they just don't know like for example the raid target dummy in ilium is a misnamed weak target dummy. It has zero. Uh, <laughs> really? Hands. What? How did that get past people? And it's it boggles my mind that it got past. The, but it's getting past everyone too, and it it completely changes class balance. Like we took we took our raid with our people and took them to that target dummy and DPS, and we had Espers uh, targeting it like thirteen thousand. Which is ridiculous. Oh my god. <laughs> so Espers are taking a great buff next patch, so are Spellslingers, but not like that. Um, and it represents a particular problem because the relative Stalkers in particular, because Stalkers pen the most armor, and the way the armor pen formula is being changed is a huge deal that people don't know about. Because the way that armor pen works 
right now on live is staggeringly ineffective. Without boring you with the details of the formula, 1% fizz resist is three times as effective as 1% armor reduction. Despite the fact that for a fizz damage skill, they should do the same thing. And because that's going away, skills like impale are doing, you know, 12, 15% more damage. Ludicrous yeah. damage. They're, so the no armor really is screwing up all of your all of your, right. your metering, so you don't really know an accurate number, so you don't know what to, yeah. to change. We, to, to test, we had to go into Datascape and pull the trash in there to test. Wow. Because... The, on just on PTR right now, housing isn't working, so we. That and that kind of feels demoralizing, almost. Yeah. We're like, all you want to do is test it, and you're just getting wiped, wiped, and wiped, and wiped. You're like, why doesn't it work the way it's supposed to? That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And it, it totally changes class balance. I mean, we have uh, some very, very well geared stalkers that were getting completely just destroyed, absolutely bottom of the meter on the zero armor dummy, but on a real mob with actual armor values, it was it was totally different. Class balance actually looks really good after the patch. Despite the fact that the dummy attempts to ruin everything. <laughs> Damn you, dummy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's actually really cool to know. And I, I like having that extra view in there. Eventually I'll be able to... Uh, you might see uh, an application coming in from, from, from a guy. Yeah. From a spell I'm just saying, in. don't accept. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> regarding stalker tank, just my concerns with that. We've had a lot of skills that are totally useless for a really long time. Uh, nanovirus is just is oh, crazy. It's just insanely bad. I forgot that skill. Existed. And uh, there's a lot of other skills too that, from the surface, look like they're okay. Like razor disc, for example. Like a lot of people might think, 14% armor pen. That's cool. That's useful to my raid. I bet my raid likes having razor disc. But what they don't know is that the armor percentage debuffs don't stack. There are four of them, and none of them stack. So, bioshell eight and particle ejector off an engineer tank or engineer DPS are overriding razor disc, and it's useless. Uh, really, and would it be would it be more efficient to run to run Bioshell or to run Razor? So, uh, right now Bioshell. So it'd be if you have an engineer tank, particle ejector is going to do it for you. It's twenty percent, and it's up enough of the time. That's good. Holy crap! Uh, That's awesome. And then Bioshell eight is fifteen, I think, percent, and Razor Disc is fourteen. Okay, so it really doesn't make it irrelevant. Yeah, but Razor Disc is annoying as hell to use, and nobody wants it. So you just let the engineers do it. Hey, they're useful for something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. And um, let's uh, let's let's. I want to put, put on one quick point about the PTR notes that I'm super excited for, and I know a lot of other casual players will be excited for this as well. Before we get into the fun stuff, um, you know those capital city transmats you get for doing that whole little quest in Ilium and Thade where you have to run around the entire place and get lost and, and or spend a lot of time and just just pull your hair out. And when you have to use it, it's 24 hours. You need to wait a whole day. And you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs and you're waiting and you have to use your scientist friends and you're just so annoyed at the skill even exists. It's cooldown and you're just going nuts and you're like me, you're talking out your ass and you're like, what am I doing? Well, praise beat somebody. I don't know. Whoever did it, whoever said this change in Carbine's a damn genius and I, I want to kiss you because the cooldown on it is 30 minutes now. Yeah. From 24 hours. I, we we just went through this whole thing and and, and Fred just went and, and, gave, and just gave us awesome information and I, I sat there and went I, I love all of this and then I went oh, transit yeah. cool down thirty minutes oh my god it's so much more impressive yeah I love how we were talking about like the way the game mechanics work like we heard the words I'm not gonna bore you with the formula and then you go something got reduced from a high number to a low number and that makes <laughs> me happy like total just complete difference in intelligence there it was yeah. hilarious. 
I, you know what? I, I, I love when, when people put down the formulas because I don't know the formulas. And I, I, honestly, if we had three, four hours, I would just sit there and have Fred just talk to me about the formulas. I'd be like, yes, yes, talk talk more. It's, this is, I'm yeah, I'm so sure much. he wants to teach you how to play Wildstar. <laughs> All he need, well, hey, you know what? The more people know how to play correctly and understand the math behind it and the science behind it, there are more people that are getting into Datascape and uh, GA. The more people I agree with that. Game. That doesn't mean you're not a lost cause. <laughs> <laughs> my ego's already so small why are you hurting it like this <laughs> so um let's move yeah that was the big thing from the ptr notes and then for those of you that heard nexus report for housing uh there's a whole big thing they're going to do they're, t- they're looking into guild neighborhoods and community housing to keep them close together uh the games there's more gamescom codes coming if you pay attention to the nexus report uh customizable terrain which means you don't have to worry about like clipping and everything like that. They're going to up the decor limit from 300 to 1,000 inside, 1,000 outside, and it's also live on the PTR. That's all coming with Drop 3. And uh, there's a cool little thing you're talking about that whether or not may, might happen or not, they're going to have a plot, or uh, I guess I guess like a plot, I guess. It'll, have, it'll be a, a blank plug. plot. Well, no construction. Plug. A plug, plug sorry. Buddy. Plug. Where your house normally is right now, there's construction going on. Uh, people don't like that. It messes with their crafts. So what Carbine's going to do is they're going to add a blank plug that'll have a little hatch. Click on that hatch. You go underground, and all of your plots are going to be there. Plugs. <laughs> plugs, plots, plugs. Which means if you don't spend your time raiding, and you spend your time decorating your house, which is not a bad thing, you now have a completely blank canvas to work with. And let your imagination run yeah. Which, which you... was a big issue with you, Krug, because I remember you were trying to build that hospital, but like things were popping up through the floor. And like it just was like weird. Yeah, it was. It wasn't really designed for it. You could tell it was designed to have the plugs and the actual house there. It wasn't designed for you to use it as a blank canvas. But if they go that direction and let me use it as a blank canvas, I am going to, and it's going to be fun. Now, Freya, do you actually do a lot of the housing stuff, or do you use it mostly for whatever buffs you can get, whatever other like food items you can get? So yeah, no, I don't have a house. You don't even use any of the benefits of the house? (laughs) (laughs) So you're essentially a hobo in this game. I'm not quite a hobo. I have a place to live. The problem is there's no house there. So my plot's got like a target dummy, portals, the food thing that generates food, and that's it. Eh, you only need the essentials. You should just put a little like corner. Well, you don't need the experience anymore. Like if you're lovely and all, just throw all your random crap in a corner and just let them experience soak in there, but... Didn't, I never thought about that. If you were doing the rating, how how essential is a house to you? Hmm. Guess we know well, the answer I, now. It's, it's pretty cool. Like I made one on beta, but I just didn't really bother on live. See, that was the exact opposite. I didn't touch it in beta, and the moment I got on live, I'm like, oh my god, housing is actually really fun to do. This is really cool. And these guys got me more into it, and I was like, yeah, this is cool. But uh, yeah, those are all the big strange tales for this week. And since we have Freya here... We're going to throw a bunch of, uh, of pretty easy questions because we're going with the assumption that, well, we didn't really know a whole lot about Enigma uh, uh, until the, uh, maybe the first month of the game when you guys really started going to, to uh, raiding. But where where did Enigma come from? Were they, did they start just with Wildstar? Or how long have you guys been around? Uh, so it's not, it's not really fair to say that Enigma has been around for a long time because the number of people that existed in the WoW Enigma that exist in this one are four. Oh wow! So not really. <laughs> so not many decided to make. Not the really a whole lot of people, but the one person that does exist between them is me, and it's, it's mine. So, it's <laughs> so it's a dictatorship. Name. It's mine. It's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but no. Yeah. So, really, you have to go back to WoW Enigma, which started at the start of Wrath. Uh, 
uh, to actually, you know, start up with our roots. And that, that was, that was pretty cool, honestly, for us, because it's kind of like a rags to riches type story. Like the start of Enigma in WoW was just terrible, horrible, abysmally bad start. Everything that could go wrong <laughs> went wrong. Uh, we had like a bunch of people that we'd set up that we thought we were going to raid with, uh, and they just all fell through. Just everything went terrible. Uh, and we just took a, took a really long time uh, and just kind of worked our way up, slowly stayed on our server. And it was just kind of nice because we made really consistent upward progress. And we were never, you know, number one or anything in WoW, but uh, yeah, we were pretty good towards the end. Now, was Wildstar your first expansion past the WoW chapter, or were there other games you also established Enigma chapters in? First one for us, yeah. I, didn't, I literally played zero MMOs while I played WoW. So from... From when I first started playing WoW in Vanilla until when we stopped in Cataclysm, I'd never played another MMO, not for a minute. Wow, uh, that's yeah, impressive. Well, not really. It's kind of sad, actually, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a sense of dedication. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> well, we, we, we're good at something. Don't don't be a generalist. Specialize. Mm-hmm. We kind of goofed around in other yeah. MMOs. A bunch of us, you know, just in in Mumble, just hanging out doing stuff, but. Uh, no, Wildstar was the first one we wanted to do something serious in. Nice. And I know we were talking a little bit about the, the application process, and it's really cool that, that uh, you guys are also even recruiting on top of, of applying. So just because you guys have been making so much progress, it shouldn't be a turnoff to players who could be a great asset to any rating guild besides yourself, but hopefully yourself as well, to not shy away from the process. It, you, for other players that want to do... Um, rating but are a little scared what are, any, are there any advice or any tips you can give them besides you know the worst answer you'll get is no uh, to raid or to get into our guild uh how about to get in your guild and then to raid in general well okay so to get into our guilds um it depends like it, it's hard to say for sure whether or not somebody can know themselves whether or not there's somebody that will make member it's not like you're gonna get slandered or anything the whole application process is 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 private and the worst the the worst message you can get is sorry there's no room in Enigma for you right now like that's the that's the standard message for a no and it's not even permanent like a lot of people we've had app get denied app again get accepted it's pretty common so it's it, it's more like a you know it's worth a shot take it you've got nothing to lose I mean worst case scenario you get some constructive criticism on the way you're doing things and that's that's about it and it's not like anything is permanent you can just app again later if you like. Yeah. So basically, people take that criticism in stride. So don't just get all huffy puffy about it and like, no, fuck you guys, you didn't let us join. So just uh, to, to not give up and to take the criticism. Yeah. In stride. I mean, we don't always write like essays on you know people like that. I spend a fair bit of time on each app and to go through the details of how like where they're making mistakes is one thing or another. And there are people that are just staggeringly bad. Uh, that it is. <laughs> doc. Doc. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, you know what? We'll find out. We will find out. I will legitimately, when I have all my attunement done, which should be soon, I will legitimately apply for Enigma, and I, I will, we'll see. I will show you. Oh yes. <laughs> do, do you, do you require? And then he'll come back and say, no, 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 no. He'll, he'll actually want to on the comp podcast and say, Doc, I'm just letting, just letting you know. Um, you did not yeah. make it into Enigma. As a matter of fact, I'm petitioning Carbine to ban your account because you're so shit. <laughs> The truth is, yeah. do, do you actually require attunement for your uh, to be in Enigma? We don't require dick. So the only, <laughs> thing, 
<laughs> Best answer ever. The only thing you do have to do is you have to find a way to prove that you're good. Like, it's not our responsibility to prove that you're good. It's your responsibility to prove that you're good. And a lot of people think they can do it with words. You can't do it with words. You need numbers. You either need a video or you need logs. And other than that, you don't even have to be playing this game yet. Wow. Really? If, if you were really good in another game and you could prove that that would translate into this game, I would be willing to pick yeah. you up. Yeah, this is the game where it's definitely put up or shut up with skill sets. Yeah. And a lot of the changes keep coming in that make it like not necessarily easy to get in, but they make it's kind of like a reset. Like for example, drop 3 is a pretty big reset because everything is dropping with four sockets all of a sudden. Um and it's like basically everyone that's got GA gear the first week of GA after patch 3 is like a full gear reset. Cuz everything that's going to drop yeah. is going to be ridiculous. Oh, and then you can also you can actually make sure you're fully customized with all the extra add-ons and the rerolls, so you're not wasting gear, and you can you can keep gear long longer. That's yeah. So like a lot a lot of us are going to be spending, our basically our entire guild has to go do enough dungeons that we can farm the things that add sockets to your gear. Uh, but you know a lot of new people will just end up just with full socketed gear just drops for them, and uh, there's just a lot of things like that where it just keeps kind of resetting your progress, like. Before patch, the only people with full amp and ability points were the people that spent just hundreds of plat on it. Uh, and now, you know, you can get them from dailies. So now, skill can only take you so far in a in a guild. Do you do you notice that attitude has a big influence on how you perform as well, or or does it attitude not really care? Some people are just naturally aggressive, and you have to kind of deal with it, or, or you're okay with it. Or do you see that players that are more um, willing to work as a team and take criticism and, and not not flake out or blow up at a moment's notice much more admirable to have? Um, so skill is almost all the way, but it's quite possible for a person to have a personality so bad that they sabotage their own skill. And I've seen that. And you have to be smart too. Like smart is a really valuable talent because like front edge progression is not about doing a strat. It's about finding the strat. A lot of it, and that requires people to be clever with their own classes and whatnot. But regarding actual personality, yeah, we've had a few people that were just incredibly, like, just hyper, just caustic, just burn your hands off from touching them type thing. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I don't, like, in the scope you guys are talking about, no, not really. Like, I'm talking extreme. Uh, like, of the few people that we've really? had to deal with, I mean, people that me as guild leader would send me, like, hate tells in the middle of raid, just. Just full crazy. Wow. Oh, man. Is there any particular story that stands out? Because I got to hear this. <laughs> Not really. I mean, it's like <laughs> really fresh. So, uh, oh, okay. yeah. No, but you, you, could, hmm. you could sabotage yourself with having a personality that's like, uh, you know, I like it when people talk just so I have some idea of where you are. We've had people in the past who don't say anything and then they just, you have no idea who they are and then. They just turn out to be like psychopaths or whatever in their free time. Uh, uh, and then you have people that just babble way beyond their scope. You know, like if you had everybody, if you had 40 people that babbled as much as you do, there would be six people talking at any given time and we'd all be killing ourselves. <laughs> Note to self, don't talk so much. Yeah. <laughs> choice words. Now, I know none of, yeah, choice words. There we go. So none of us have done rating. Obviously, we well. I know our few our goals should be inspired to it, but is it really as hardcore as it's made out to be in the general public sphere? So, hardcore is a weird term to use for it. So, I spent a lot of time like analyzing why I like rating in this game and why 
uh, I don't like writing as much in WoW, and I spend a lot of time watching my old WoW videos. And sorry if I say WoW a lot, but it's really the only comparison to be made here. There were, it's I understand other games that had good raids. I, I've heard Rifts tossed around as having good raids. I've heard uh, like maybe Terror or something, but for the sake of comparison, I know WoW, and most people know WoW. And relative to WoW, there's a few a few key differences that not ne don't necessarily make this game. Uh, hardcore, but they make the personal skill requirement a lot less goofy. So, when when you dealt with um, a lot of mechanics in WoW, a lot of them were brutally fast, ridiculous give mechanics. Uh, Defile on Heroic Lich King is a great example. It, you've got about uh, like it's just a very quick reaction. It is all the way quick, and if you're slow on it or you run the wrong direction, the entire raid dies in a matter of about three seconds. It's it is. You've got about 0.5 seconds to react, and beyond that, it's totally out of your hands if you've misplayed. Uh, and Wildstar has a lot less of those. There are very, very few mechanics where the raid dies in a snap of their fingers, and then there was 50 seconds of dead silence in between. The mechanics are frequent and not as punishing each one. Uh, like There's a lot of mechanics in, in Datascape that uh, are bad when you screw them up. But it's, it's not a one-shot. Like, there's some amount of flexibility for making mistakes, but there is way more. Um, and because there's no res, you know, if you full die, like, you're full dead. But I, I don't think that Wildstar is particularly more hardcore than, like, WoW. I just think it does its mechanics in such a way that's better. Now, do you feel that a lot of people are upset that I know a lot of people are upset that they think that the attunement process is, is gating too much for for raid uh, for raiding. Um, do you feel that the, the attunement process? I know everything's bugged. A lot of stuff is bugged and can be fixed. But do you feel like the the current attunement tier is pretty um, okay with with GA and Datascape, or could it be pared down, or or is it? Uh, I think it'd be a little bit better, harder. Um, I don't know. It's been a long time since I did attunement, but uh, <laughs> uh, the partial. Well, okay, sorry. I actually don't know what's changed. I know the partial primal patterns has changed, <laughs> but that's not that's that's GA. That's only been reduced, game. really. So that's yeah. that's a totally different change. Before that was crazy, the bullshit we did. Yeah, three hundred pieces were nuts. Yeah, basically what we did was we collected everybody else's partials because the number of runs it would have taken for everybody to get three hundred was just insane. You got like, I think a gold STL was what we were doing. The man we were doing like fourteen minute gold STLs, and you got. Uh, 12 per something like that for five people if you were lucky yeah yeah so. so you ended up getting like two and a half per person for a 14 minute run which is just any in eternity we we worked it out to being like 60 to 80 hours to do the day escape of and we just holy crap we don't want to do that because that totally outstripped whatchamacallit so we just we just sold silver runs to everybody else we gave them g attunement they give us that escape attunement uh but I, I i do agree that regular attunement's a little bit of a it should be something you can do alone like maybe not the dungeons part, but like when I think about the world boss step, I think about like the nightmare that is organizing groups to do world bosses so you can get past that stage. Like I don't know. I feel for people that try to get a tune now. Thank you. It helps. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. It doesn't, doesn't hurt help. Bad. Doesn't help really. <laughs> I don't think it helps. Yeah. <laughs> I but me but me you. Anyway, <laughs> um, you guys have any other questions for Freya before we move on to the last part I of the do, show? I uh, do actually. I've never. 
GM'd anything before, and I have no idea what's involved in it, and I have no idea how it affects the game, and I think a lot of other people listening might be in that same boat. Could you talk for a little bit about like what that experience is like and how it affects your gameplay? Depends on what you've delegated or not. So, if, as far as gameplay, GM is nothing. Raid leader is everything. Because um, GM doesn't have any specific like obligation to do anything in real time in raids. Like I've a, a very very common setup for guilds is they have a GM that's really personable. He handles like a lot of the recruitment. He handles like people's feelings and crap like that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then the raid leader is like usually just an insane hard ass, and he just shows up at raid and just tells everybody they're retarded and then leaves <laughs> afterwards uh <laughs> that's it guys break i'll see you next yeah. week don't fuck up so the gm part is pretty easy it depends on how much you've delegated other things that have to be done like did you did you make your website did you um do you do recruitment are you in charge of managing like roster stuff like any any of the basically the administration crap like how much of that have you delegated or not and for a lot of people gm can be really easy and for a lot of people it's a total nightmare um being the founder of a guild on the other hand is totally different uh, because a lot of people ended up gms in their guild because they're the founder or the previous gm quit and that's easy because you didn't really have to do anything but starting a guild takes a huge amount of inertia like it's very hard to start a guild without another guild disbanding because you have to have you have to have talked to a lot of people and made a lot of friends and that's not easy to do because you're not going to come up with any good guild if you were just like all alone just like i want to be a gm today and then just start advertising for a guild that doesn't even exist people will vanish the second they find out they're the fourth person in the guild uh and that so founding a guild is totally different because you just have to have found a ton of people beforehand that were seeing eye to eye with you unless you wanted to blow up in a week um right so basically the like initial player base has to be there without it oh, yeah. actually being there you have to have a guild before you create a guild essentially mm -hmm. is what you're saying hey. or you have to have a lot at of at least it. to do what you right. want to yeah. do well right. not not even to do what we want to do but to have a guild altogether like um, there's, you can trace the starts of all the versions of Enigma to very, very specific events, because you have to you have to meet people, like really you have to get out there and you have to find people that are like-minded, and that's not easy to do. Like for example, I can there are several events that I can trace the existence of Enigma to. Like for example, uh, my co-lead from the old Enigma was running around an alien one day and he happened to run into sorry. Bon Kui Kui, someone who rolled with the other half of basically <laughs> what is Enigma. I love that word. Just happened to see him. And because of the 200 WoW servers, they happened to play on the same server. He recognized him by name, and that started a dialogue between our two groups of five people that led to what is the kind of the epicenter of the guild. Had they not now, chance walked by each other at that time, I don't know if there would be Enigma, and if there was, it would be totally different. Now, uh, to to end to end this really before we move on, because I know we're, it's getting pretty late on both sides. Um, I know a lot of people are saying that 40-man is unsustainable, and you have been on the other side of the fence of managing a 20-man guild, and I know there's a lot of logistics between a 20 and a 40-man, and this is all an opinion. Uh, you, no one's going to fault you for your opinion on it, and you have had a personal experience doing this. Uh, do you believe that a 40-man um, 
setting is still viable or can it continue to be viable or do you see that it might end up changing to some degree? You don't know how big, but potentially in the future. It's less of a concern of viable or non-viable or a case of better or worse. Like For example, when I was first looking at the game like a year ago, the only thing that was like, this is a problem for me, was 40 man. I was like, oh my god, the logistics of making a 40 man, that's a nightmare. Oh yeah, and it's a very valid compl- uh, worry to have because yeah, you're right, 40 man, and then some older games didn't really have any raid caps. So getting these massive groups of people were, were logistically a nightmare and impossible in some cases. And uh, it's not like impossible by any means. And not even to say impossible. It's not that it's non-viable to have 40 men's. 40 men's has, like there's pros and cons to 40 men. Um, you know, like the difference between 10 and 20 is very similar between the difference between 20 and 40. There are benefits that a lot of people tend to overlook simply by sheer crowdsourcing. Uh, just generally speaking, the rate is a lot smarter. You have a lot less holes, a lot less faults, um, and uh, it's a lot less temperamental. Um, you know, one person dying doesn't completely torpedo it because it all works out to a group of averages. The progression is a is a lot smoother, uh, and as long as you actually have 40 people, it just feels uh, cleaner. But at the same time, there are huge drawbacks. The logistics is is a nightmare for people that aren't prepared for it. Um, the a lot of the fights aren't ready to have that many, many melee on them. Uh, a lot of the fights, like one of the first things when we stepped into deep data scapes of past system demons that we talked to their devs about was that um, stalkers were useless. There were too many fights that were killing melee and stalkers have very rigid positioning requirements and they were just getting kicked off. So uh, because you have to have like any reasonable raid comp is going to have like 15 melee uh, it's just brutal to have mechanics that you have to be able to see your own feet it's just a little bit of a clusterfuck and uh, it, it's a problem it just makes it harder to balance so I would say like my entire opinion on, on it is I think 40 men is doable I think 20 men is better but I think complaining about it right now is not something that has a realistic solution Changing datascape to 20 man is not an easy process. It would require it would it would be a huge overhaul. Yeah, and that's not to say it couldn't be done, but it, it yeah. could be done. But it's it's months of work, and all the guilds that are trying to get 40 right now would have to slide back. It's just a, you know, if I had a time machine, I'd say, good God, please don't make 40 man. It ends up being like a total nightmare. But if I had a time machine, I'd say the same thing about factions. Yeah, so, or at least two factions. Two factions might made sense to me in the game. It just it it makes things so lopsided. Having it, either no factions or multiple factions yeah. would make more sense. Dark Age of Camelot did a great with three, um, and a few others as well. But yeah, eh, whatever. There's so many weird standards in MMOs that some that don't make any sense. To yeah, them. it's just more about development time for them. Um, like what a lot of people don't know is you know those big zones that you can't walk into. So those mm-hmm. are alternate leveling zones. So the plan was to have two zones all the way up to fifty. Um, you know, like you know the way you have the choice for the two starting zones. Yeah, it was supposed to continue. Right, the it was way. supposed to keep going like that, and it ended up being that the develop like it's it's an insane amount of work. There's hundreds of quests. Oh for yeah, zones. all the art assets. Yeah, you have to QA everything, pathing and mm-hmm. clipping, and yeah, it's it's nuts. I I totally could see why they end up switching to just one for a while, and I could see them adding those hidden zones mm-hmm. or specials or later zones in later. The problem is that yeah. factions force them to double that. 
because they have to have double the quests, they have to have double the zones, they have to have a double fa city. They can't do faction transfers, which for uh, a guild like us has been by far our biggest problem. Faction, the lack of faction transfers has been savage. Absolutely ridiculous. All of our problems would be moot if faction transfers existed. Yeah, that we can actually keep going and bring the guild to whatever side you can. And, yeah. yeah, and as much as I don't want to like ramble on about my own topic here, um, like I just I don't think the benefit is worth it. I mean, you get like an RP aspect, but this game doesn't have an original IP. And honestly, Exile versus Dominion is not a fight that anybody's going to like shoot themselves over. Uh, for the fact that they had to literally double all of their content pre-50 in terms of development costs, it was just expensive. Yeah. A lot of time, a lot of, a lot of assets, and you know, I, we got what we got, and it's not a bad thing. We're a good thing. It's just that's what we have. Oh yeah, I mean, to be fair, I'm not like complaining at all. Like I adore this game, but oh yeah, no, yeah. there, even your favorite thing in the world, there's always going to be something that never quite lived up to it, and and we we all agree that the game is one new and two had issues in the beginning, and and they have been addressing them greatly and at really good speed, and I mean personally, I know here at Strange Tales, we like to think that, um, in our guests are always really welcome to disagree or agree with it at their own at their own opinion. Is the game has a lot of potential still and, and can be better and great as long as we give give credit where it's due. It also point out where there's issues and instead of just pointing out and bitching the bitch for bitch's sake, saying well here's an issue and here's maybe an opinion or here's where they can work on it or blah 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 communication. Yeah, probability is that yeah. it will be. Uh, that's like that's one of the important things for me is that like, the developers have shown that they make the right choice sometimes it's a little slow but that's exactly what the development process looked like for WoW like the way these guys handle things and the way WoW handles things is very similar they take their time and then kind of swing a home run like the responses don't come in immediately but when they do they're generally pretty good and mega servers is going to be amazing and uh, yeah I think that they're kind of changing the way they do things to react to exactly what needs to be done and i think it's gonna be awesome because it's like it's a brand new company they're like finding their feet and uh yeah we just gotta give it time we're so used to a certain way of doing things that we have so little room for error and it's just weird that people are so quick to, to jump on it without taking a step back of deep breath and saying let it let it run its course before you pull the rug out from under it first mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and, and yeah that's I, this is so, I like the fact that you were willing to come on the show. It's just so cool to have you. Uh, we have one last subject we go through uh, every once in a while. And this week we were talking about add-ons. And uh, I'll go through it fast because I know it's really late. And uh, we all are, are tired as well. And we did a late recording. And it's all right. It's what we do all the time. Uh, this week we're talking about alpaca HUD. If you use different um, HUDs, I know some people use potato UI. Some people still use the stock frame. Uh, I, uh, Krug and I are talking about different HUDs. And he said, try alpaca HUD. And... Uh, uh, I, me, when I do my, my add-ons, I personally like to uh, make it as, out of the box as possible. And Alpaca HUD's the exact opposite. You can't, you, once you upload it, everything just looks like it's a jumbled mess and you have to rearrange everything. If you want to sit down with something and get it right and perfect to you, the customization is, a, is to my agree, amazing. It, it's really cool if you want to take the time and sit down and play with it. It reward you greatly. It's super minimalistic, which has setbacks and pluses. I like Super Minimalistic to this degree, though. It might be a little too much. There's no real names on things. Um, unless you know where everything is and you just kind of forget or you switch characters, you'll forget where your bars are for which. Um, I wish it had visual indicators for innates instead of just being that bar. You, But uh, on the plus side, because it's so minimal, it doesn't distract from your game too much. And it actually can complement other add-ons, like, say, Candy Bars with Alpaca HUD. looks fucking gorgeous. And it can save you a ton of screen space. I don't believe it was a very resource heavy. No, it either. didn't look like it. Um, 
No. And like I said, no text can be annoying. I like having text so I know what bars which in case I forget or I just get messed up. But I, but the fact that it's so malleable is great. If you like vertical aesthetics to your stuff, you can have that. If you still like the horizontal aspects to all of your UI, you can have that. Uh, if you want to change all the op- opac- opacities and even the direction in which the bars fill or empty, you can do this at Alpaca HUD. And it's great. The, the biggest thing that bugged me was there's no buffs or debuffs. They're completely gone. You have to have a separate add-on for this. And that can be really annoying if you like to track all of your add-ons and debuffs. And same thing with your procs. Uh, they do have proc notifications. But for me, I guess I'm stupid. I have no clue what the fuck is going on <laughs> when it's doing it. Either that or I'm really stupid. Like I have with my... With you're my, really uh, stupid. It just... Every time an I, ability procs, <laughs> there's a bar that shows how long the ability's procced for. And if the ability's on cooldown, there's a little hash that shows you where in the proc timer the ability will be castable. So you know how long you have until it's castable and then how long after that it will remain castable. Yeah, it, for me, it just... It, to me, it didn't make any sense at all. I guess what I want from my procs is something different. I want it to, like, I, I for Alpaca HUD, that's, like, the two biggest drawbacks for me. Uh, and then the other biggest drawback was the nameplates. I was I liked everything else with Alpaca HUD, yeah, but the nameplates. Yeah, I kind of got to that point, too. Yeah, so I actually turned off the nameplates and went back to, to, to Anna Prime. Uh, but what about you, Kuri? I know you played around yeah, this week as well. Honestly, the biggest downside to this to me is it's discontinued now, which was really disappointing. When I started using it, it wasn't discontinued, and I was super excited for the future, like how they were going to change stuff and make everything. Uh, I was going to try to like, like make recommendations, and, and I was super excited, and it, it went away. Uh, so I'm going to use it until it breaks, but... The biggest downside for me is that at some point this is probably going to break, and unless someone else picks it up, which so far no one has, it hasn't been that long since since it's uh, been abandoned. But unless someone picks it up, at some point it's going to go away, and I'm going to have to find something else, and I'm going to be used to this kind, this level of of cleanliness and and, and informativeness, and I'm going to lose it, and I'm really I'm really afraid of that. And I'm, I've been debating with myself whether I should just switch now so I don't get accustomed to such quality. Because honestly, this is, in my opinion, the best HUD that I have played with ever. It, it does tend to clash with N-Prime in their visual style. But if you like, uh, and it clashes a little bit with, with Potato as well. But if you like clean, slick presentations like Viking Hug, this thing is... And, and I, I agree with you. It's like the caliber of it is as good as Viking Hug, yeah, I believe. Uh, the, the main thing... It's like, like you fuck. said, I, I as a healer use mainly nameplates to get people's health. I don't like target people when I heal them. Uh, and I like options like um, change the way the, the health bar looks below a certain percentage of health or hide enemy nameplates. And while the, the latter of those two is available, it's kind of difficult to set up and difficult to switch between. So, for example, from going from DPS where I want to see only enemy nameplates to healer where I want to see only friendly nameplates... It's an annoying conversion. There's no easy way to set up profiles and have it switch. And since it's abandoned, they're probably not going to add that unless someone picks it up. Uh, but the latter, the the nameplate uh, like notifications and alerts for cleanse and stuff, all that stuff is completely missing. And so for me, that makes it completely unusable. Like I can't I can't live without those features. It, it, if I don't have those, healing becomes a mess because then I just I don't have all the information I need. Uh, so I did disable the nameplates as well and switch to, I think I went back to OptiPlates or something, uh, and I got them to look pretty good, and, and they have all, it has all the features I'm looking for. But as for the actual HUD, like tracking resources, tracking my health, tracking my interrupt armor, tracking my absorption armor, all those, and procs, I love the way it tracks procs. I, I disagree with uh, Doc completely on that. Um, 
as for all those things, it's beautiful. I think it gives you all the information you need in a really easy to read way. And it saves a lot of space. I have so much screen real estate now, it's not even funny. I highly recommend you try it. So for Need, Greed, and Pass, what would you give it? Uh, greed for the sole reason that it's discontinued. Yeah, I have to agree. Greed, it's not. It's, it, there are other things that have done it better. I wish it was slicker, but if you want to use that until it breaks, I hope it gets picked up again and, and innovated on some more. Uh, it's still a solid greed for me as well. Uh, I know if you want to get a touch in touch with Strange Tales from Outer Space, you can always check out our Twitter, at Strange Tales. You can email us at uh, strangetalesmailbag at gmail.com. And if you want to get a hold of each of us individually, my name on Twitter is at Holomosh. And Holomosh on Reddit, I typically post the podcast when we put them out on Tuesdays. Um, Krug, is anyone we can get a hold yeah, of Yeah, I'm at the Strange Tales Twitter. You can get a hold of me at the email. On Reddit, I'm STOS underscore Krug. Uh, and that's pretty much my life. And Indigo, are you awake? Yes, I'm still awake. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we get a hold of you? Uh, my, my internet is just such crap that I, I just felt like listening was better than trying to talk to you guys and having to listen to me go, Well, on the side, oh, soon. Yeah, you'll be back home soon, so it's all right. Where can we get a hold of you if they want to? Well, I'm on the Reddit with Indigo Jones underscore STR. I'm also have a Twitter account at Indigo underscore STR. And of course, you can reach me at the mailbox as well. Yeah, and Freya, where can we get a hold of Enigma or you if you'd wish to talk to people as well? Our website, I guess. Or Enigma wildstar.com, yeah. Nice. And, uh, you know, that's going to wrap us up for this week in uh, Strange Tales from Outer Space. My name is Doc. I have Indigo with Hello, us. Hello. Bye, bye, bye. Uh, I have Krug bye. with us. <laughs> and this week we had our special guest, Freya. Uh, and, oh, beautiful. Got noise yeah. in my jam. And that, was, <laughs> and that was this week in Strange Tales from Outer Space. Everyone else, have a good time and goodbye. Bye.